Hello, and welcome to the Apostolic Church Liverpool podcast. We hope the message you're about to listen to will inspire you, will be a blessing to you, and give you perspective in life. For more of such messages, you can visit our website at www.tac-lona.org.uk. You can also access other messages and resources from our YouTube channel, The Apostolic Church Europe. We hope you're blessed and inspired by today's message. God bless you. Here's the message. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Shout hallelujah. Very quickly, what is the motto that the Lord gave us for the year? Anyone wants to remind us? The Lord is great in Zion and above all people, all nations, shout hallelujah. So we normally, as, our, as we normally do, we break it down every, every year. So the first one we want to break down, yes, last week we spoke about, let's, next one. The Lord is great in Zion. So that's the first part. So we're still not going to the second part. We'll take more time to deal with it. So part one. So today we're still going to be talking about the Lord is great in Zion. But my focus for today is don't set you for less than Zion. So let's quickly do a bit of recap. The recap is, if you remember last week, now, if you don't have time, I wanted to ask us one or two questions about what we learned about Zion last week. We did say that according to the law of first mention, Zion was first used in the Bible to describe the city of Jerusalem. So, and uh, David conquered that city from the Jebusites. So, and once he conquered that city from the Jebusites, he made that place immediately the capital. You know, remember it was at that time. First, it was the king of Judah. Then when he conquered that place and he moved there, then the other tribes came and said, see, we've heard about all the things they've done. Are you led God's people to have to, in different wars and won? Please lead over us. So then David became king. He was king for uh, 33 years, seven years as king of Judah, 33 years as a king over Israel. So then he moved there. So he became the capital of Judah and as well as of Israel. So now it was a place. So it's a stronghold because immediately he conquered that place. He brought in the Ark of the Covenant. So he brought it. It's like he brought in like the city. You know, when you go to see it and you see this, this thing they put on the front, that is they can't make law without that in there. That is where power, the scepter is. So he brought in the scepter. So it's a place of power. It is the dwelling place in those days, a physical representation of the dwelling place of God. Praise God. So it was a place where God dwells in close fellowship with man. However, with time, that place actually, the, you know, because of the fallen nature of man, because of the sin nature, that place was also polluted. And what happened eventually was that place was captured by the Babylonians. And they were under uh, a refugee for 72 years. Some people say 70 years. So remember that song we sang last week. 
That was when you they sing that song by the rivers of Babylon. There we sat down and there we wept when we remember Zion. For that we could carry us away captivity and request of us a song. But how can we sing the Lord's song in a stream? The Lord's song is only sweet in Zion, not in a strange land. Just imagine you alone in your room now. I know it's good, but it's sweeter when we all come together. How can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? So, and we also mentioned then that after that time, Zion now become the dwelling place. The presence of the Lord had become a Zion. And I made an illustration with Air Force One. And I said, uh, Major just, just got a brand new car. Congratulations, Major. God bless you, sir. Put your hands together for Jesus. So if the president of America today, just if he, if he came here now and he just stepped into Major's car, that car become Air Force One. Air Force One is the car or the plane that is POTUS, the president of the United States, just dwell. So then Zion becomes the dwelling. Wherever the presence of the Lord is, that becomes our spiritual Zion. That's the reason why we say we are marching to Zion. Another verse says we are already in Zion. Say we come, we have, some say we are marching to Zion. Another one says we have come to Zion. Now, it is not a mistake. It's the same way when we say we are saved, we are being saved and we will be saved. So we are saved, spirit, soul, and body. Because the body is the ones, the, that's the eventual one, that's our glorification. When our immortal body receives mortality. Shout hallelujah. Hebrews 12, 22 now says, we have come to Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly. Praise God. So I just quickly just brush us forward from what we said last day. Did we understand that? For as many people that did not uh, follow last week because it was online, the chances of distractions goes very high. Praise God. So, mess So now, today, our aim is to work hard to make sure that we get into Zion. And that's the reason why God, it's a similitude of the prophet. That's the reason as a church, God gave us Psalm 23 verse 1. That the Lord is my shepherd. That this year and forward, this, the Lord will be my God, my shepherd. Because when it's my shepherd, then I will not want. The Lord is my, so dwelling in Zion. Make sure you dwell in Zion because because if you don't dwell, you can't sing the Lord's song in a strange land. Now, I want to tell you this morning that it takes battle in those days to dwell in Zion. It was the battle like that's the good, uh, that picture we showed. It was the battle of the mind. So when they conquered all the territories and they got there, the Jebusites said, you guys are little, and in fact, you can't conquer us. And you know what? With time, they dwell together with the Jebusites. They did not, they just say, you know what? We conquered everybody. Let's just, let's just, but the Jebusites are unbelievers. 
So let's not move, let's just go slowly. So what I'm saying is that don't settle for less than Zion this year. When the Lord said, the Lord is mighty in Zion. So this morning, very quickly, using the similitude of the Israelites, we will look at the five ways that we need, the five journey that we take to enter into Zion. Praise God. Now, very quickly, the first one is the five stages, number one. Now, this is all more inclusive, so you might add yours to it, but this is just my own idea. Captivity in Egypt. Now, it's also a Bible study. Crossing the Red Sea, freedom, but wandering in the wilderness, then entering the promised land, and that's where most people stopped. Then entering Zion. So let's start with the first one, captivity in Egypt. So this is the default station of everybody. The Bible made us to understand it, Ephesians 2, 2, 3. This is the default nature until you accept Jesus. This is your default. The Bible says, for we all once lived in the passion of our flesh, carrying out the desire of the body and the mind. Our by nature of children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. This is the default setting. Until you accept Jesus, this is our default setting. Even every one of us here that said Jesus, this was our default setting. He said, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ by grace you being saved. We were in captivity in, in Egypt. Now, Egypt means the spiritual Egypt. Now, some people will say, what's wrong with that? People of this world live in Egypt and they do it. They, that is the plan of the evil one. It is having a civilization outside of Christ. And Solomon has experimented it, as I told you, time with our numbers. He experimented. Let's see what happens if we have a life outside of Christ. He gets all the riches, all the money of this world, all the jobs of this world, all the women of this world, everything. The Bible says he holds not anything that comes to a man against himself. He tested them, each one for seven years. Then he come back to a conclusion and he say, vanity upon vanity. You soon realize that that work is not that important. When you get to your bedside and you're about dying, or when you retire and they just everybody just writes, we wish you well in one card. And that is your reward for 40 years of service. Or maybe some people contribute some money in a envelope and put it together and give it to you and say bye-bye. Next time you want to come into that work, you will need to call. And if they don't let you in, I can't go back to my former school. They won't let me in. I have to fill form as a normal person. They will not. Then you now realize you are not that important. We are not. It is Jesus Christ that gave us importance. So captivity. Now, if we have time this morning, let me quickly go to, I read, I think I, I went through this one in the Bible study before. Let me quickly show you the vanity or the vainness in man outside of Christ. You can, that's the problem. We build a civilization outside of Christ. Let's see. The, the person that's the apostle of that is Cain. 
you know, when Cain offended and God just, you know, and God didn't chase him out, but the Bible says, and Cain, he said, God, this punishment is too much. And God said, okay, I will not let anybody kill you, but I will put a mark on you. But the Bible says, Cain went away from the presence of the Lord. So when you go away, typically, it's always assumed that you went down to Egypt. So you went away from the person. So when you go away from the person of the Lord, that is where you are. Now, see what happened. That is building civilization. I'll show you some few things in one minute. Then we'll move on. If you read that Genesis 6, so it says, so Cain went out from the presence and lived in the land of northeast of Eden. Cain made love to his wife and she became pregnant and gave back to Enoch. So now he left the presence of the Lord, left Zion. Even though his father sinned, but he still stayed, hoping that one day salvation will come. But Cain himself said, you know what? I cannot live with this again. I don't need this God. Like the foolish says, there's no God. But left, said, I will build my own civilization. So he left. You know what? He prospered so much. But let's see the end. So Cain was then, he built a city, not a house, a city. And named it after his son Enoch. Let's move on. Okay. And Enoch was born, and to Enoch was born Irad, and Irad was the father of Meujel, and Meujel was the father of Methusael, and that was the father of Lamech. Now, after five generations, Satan has found a place in the heart of people that does not live in Zion, that built a civilization outside of God. The Bible says Lamech married two women. That was the first Lamech introduced polygamy. So, also, see, everything was going on for five generations. That is what happens when you are living outside of Zion. When you are not in Christ, your mind will be wandering so much that you pick up things that, what's wrong with us doing it? And you find justification in the Bible for yourself. Lamech was like, what's stopping us? Lamech started it. Jesus Christ now said, he was not so from the beginning. So Lamech started it. So just, just let you know that once you start moving away from the presence of God, it's only a matter of time. You know, I keep telling people, if I see people in the church and they don't come to Bible study, they don't do that, I know it's only a matter of time. They will start giving their excuses before you know it, they're out. Because there is something in you that longed, God has put eternity in the heart of men that long for him. And Satan will soon, soon fill that vacuum if you don't fill it with Christ. So, what happened there? Lamech introduced it. Let's carry on. Lamech married two women. Now, let's now see what happened because that was not God's plan. So, introducing polygamy. Okay. Then he said one name, Ada. The first one is named Ada. What does Ada mean? Ada means adornment. It means seduction. It means attractive, but lifeless. That is the beginning of Adornment, that's the beginning of pornography. That is the beginning of seduction. Things that drag you, they have no eternal value. That drag me and hold men down, but has no, you just, it's like, say you just get hooked on something and you cannot, you want to live, but you can't live. That is the person that started it. Ada. Ada. Then another one, the second one called Zila. Zila is another word for mirage. That mirage is this is, is this is the spirit of vanities. 
is going there. You know when you drive sometimes and you see, you know, when you fix going to the north, you're driving in those those in Nigeria, and you see you're driving and you see like you see water in the front. It was as if you see it stream. But the more you get that those water disappear, that is mirage. You will work so hard, you want to be the deputy manager, and you get there, you just go back, what is there after two days? Then you become manager, you just say, what is there? Then you become, and this system has a way of dividing it. Assistant deputy, associate deputy, deputy deputy, deputy assistant, and you keep working in years and years and years and years. Then you now get to the top, you don't discover it's nothing. It's all vanity, Adam. Shout hallelujah. Now I've just been in the Bible study this morning. Are you enjoying the Bible study? Okay. Then, so, uh, to Sila, then gave birth to Jabal. Okay. And Jabal, he was the father of those who live in tents and raise lives. So, Jabal is the one that invented work, it's our structure. An invented work. So you walk from nine to six, you walk from six to seven. You so invented it. All the civilization is outside of the presence of God. And you know what? They prosper more than those that stay in the presence of the Lord. Because that's the way Satan does. He throws success at you. The best musician in this world, the best known musician was Michael Jackson. That doesn't know Christ. He throws success at you so much so that everybody will be drawn to that. So then he gave back to that. That see, there's nothing wrong in work. Jesus said, I work because my father worked. But our work is defined in Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first. This kingdom. Your work is to discover your purpose in life and pursue it. And once you do that, every other thing will now follow you. That's your work. Shout hallelujah. He invented work. So anytime you say, sir, you know, I can't come today. Why? We are work. Uh, they just give you say, you are working for Jabba. Tell Jabba to leave you alone. Praise God. He wants to say, Jabba, I don't want to. You know what Jabba will do? He'll give you more money. He said, I'll double your money. He said, ah, I will, I will get that 10 pounds per hour. Now, the middle 20, I'll pay that 10 pounds to the church. You know what you are doing there? You are buying. How do I put this? You, give, you are giving somebody a thousand pounds to buy this card. You are paying, you know, time and your life. You are, you, is that money worth it? That's the question. Praise God, because of time. So, now, his name was Jabal. He was the father of all. So, he asked another one, Jubal. Now, what is Jubal? Jubal was the father of all who play the string instrument. So, what Jubal does is, Jubal now said, you know, Satan, the father of them all that built that civilization, was the chief musician. Inside of, he doesn't play music. His whole body is music. The strings, the drums, the trumpet, everything. So, as he Open his mouth, his body, all this instrument was derived from inside of it, his whole body. So, because it left the presence of the Lord and he's been cast down. So, there's another one that now gets that technology intelligence and build those instruments and now play music. But those music are worldly music. 
it takes you away. When you listen to those kind of music, you just, uh, they play it a lot in Nigeria now. Before you know, just, you, you know, those things they do, and you start doing your leg like you just, you, it, it cash you. The worldly ones. Whereas our music is not outward, it's inward. Out of your belly shall flow. Shout hallelujah. And finally, oh, I smell too much time on this one. <laughs> I'm still on the first one. <laughs> and finally, we, he gave, they gave back to another one called Tuba Came. Tuba Came. That Tuba Came, they said he built bronze. He's the one that invented weapons, guns, arrows. You know those times there was no war. The Satan knew what he's inventing for the future. So beat those things. It's those things that still develop up to this day. So that is what happened in Egypt. Spiritual one. And that is the reason why the Bible says, once we live there, we live in the vanity of our hearts. It said the creature itself is subject to vanity, but not willingly. But the one that subject into it. But when we leave Egypt, then that is when we become born again. When we accept Jesus Christ. Then we now start a journey. Then we now move. Next one. To cross the Red Sea. What's the significance of crossing the Red Sea? Crossing the Red Sea is baptism. Is ba- you, that is when we get baptized. That is when we accept Jesus Christ, then we cross the, cross the Red Sea and we get baptized. Crossing the Red Sea is a symbolism of baptism. The Bible says in Romans 6, it says, do you not know that as many of you were baptized into Christ was baptized into his death? Therefore, we're buried with him through baptism unto death, that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. Even so, we also should walk in the newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. So wants to do that, that's not turning back. So we accept him. We left the captivity. We left the camp of Cain and Jabal. Then we come unto Christ. Then we get baptized. And when we baptize, there's no turning back. We're passing through the Red Sea. The Lord opening the way for us. We've been buried with him and now we come alive with him. You're buried with Christ. Then Egypt is lost to us. The system of the world is lost to us. We're no longer enticed by the riches of men. We're no longer enticed by the mightiness of men. Because the best of men are men. Shout hallelujah. And I'm going to, very, I'm going to go very quickly now. So at this point, there is no going back. The Bible says, go unto those that are east in Zion. We can't go back anymore. Then we move to the next one, crossing the Red Sea. Having been, let's quickly read that. Okay. Having been buried with him in baptism, which we were also raised with him through faith in the path of walking with the Lord. So the next one, very quickly, is testing of our faith in the wilderness. So, testing of our faith in wilderness. When you now accept Jesus Christ and you now baptized and you now leave. So we're now in the wilderness. That is where sanctification takes place. 
That is the renewing of our mind. Unlearning the things we learn when we are still in the system of Egypt. When we are still working with Jabal in Egypt. Sanctification. Regeneration. That is it. Our testing of faith will come. Now, the first thing misconception people have is that once I say Jesus Christ, get through it and you now come into that system, then they say, I will never suffer. Jesus suffer for me. <laughs> Don't let them deceive you. Just look at it. It's the journey, the similitude of the children of Israel. You will there will be challenge. Satan will have been throwing the system of German system. It will challenge you because it doesn't want you on that way. It will challenge you. It will. Anything that Christ made, Satan will always challenge it. And how do we confirm that? The testing of our faith in the wilderness. Children of Israel were tested in all. The, 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 tested in every, every way. Now let's read down the, the next verse. Okay. The Bible says, blessed are those whose strength is in you. Whose heart are set on this pilgrimage. They are set there. You will be tested. Jesus Christ was tested. The loss of the eyes, the loss of the flesh, and the pride of life. These are the three summaries in which all your testing will come. The loss of the flesh, the loss of the eyes, and the, and the pride of life. But I won't go, that's another message on this. I won't go there. Say, as you pass through the valley of Baca. Now, that Baca there is not Barcelona football club. That Baca means, if you go and check it, it means the place of hardship. As you pass through the place of hardship, that hardship is the one that will strengthen you. That do you want gold or do you want God? Because some people want God's good, but they don't want God. So, you will be tested. Satan will throw one to bring you back. You'll be tested that place. But the Bible says they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover with pool. They go from strength. So, what you need to do at that point is go from strength to strength. Not looking back. They go from strength to strength until each one of them appears where? In Zion, God in Zion. You will be tested. Amen. Then number four, quickly. Number four, entering into the promised land. This is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This is the fullness of Christ entering the promised land. The Bible says in Acts 2, 23 to 39, it says, and Peter said to him, repent. And what happened? Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sin, and you will now receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, I keep telling people, your exposure without the personality of the Holy Spirit is a great risk. You know what happened then? It's as if most of us can drive car. It's as if you get a car. And they block the windscreen and you are driving it. What will happen? Do you need to pray for accident to happen or not? That is what happened. If a Christian, when you get to that point, without the fullness of the Holy Spirit in you, is you are driving a car and there's no, there's, you can't see anywhere, there's no, everything has covered, just, just driving like that. That is it. It's the Holy Spirit now. The reason why creature is subject to vanity was because 
the Holy Spirit was withdrawn. The Holy Spirit is the umbilical cord that connects the heavenlies to the earth. It's the one that supplies. But because of that supply has been cut off, that is the reason why the heart itself is subject to vanity. So once you bring back the Holy Spirit, you restore the umbilical cord, then you hear from heaven clearly. It will tell you, okay, this is the work, take it. Call this person, give this person this money. It will give you direction. Then you're no longer living your life. That is when it now becomes your Lord. He was your Savior, but it's a Savior and a Lord. A Savior saves you, but the Lord come into you. Jesus Christ is a Savior and it's also himself salvation. He said, today salvation has come to your house. So it's also, then it becomes your Lord. It means that you're not, the Lord means somebody that tells you what to do. It means you are no longer in charge of your life. He's in church and now leads you through the CP you call the Holy Spirit. Praise God. If you're following this, shout hallelujah. Okay, then that's where most people stop. Then finally, we now want to push it. Push it to where? Entering into Zion. Entering into Zion. That's why we are marching to Zion. Beautiful, beautiful Zion. We are marching on to Zion. This is the point where you see you and G, this is the point where the lord wants us to be this year now i'm not saying you should call me for if you need counseling if you need guidance but this is the place where jesus is Christ talk to you he becomes your partly so that anytime you're talking to me or talking to pastor ola you just confirm what jesus has told you it's for confirmation it's not for directions. So this is what the Holy Spirit told me. And I said, oh, wow, that's what the Spirit said. Now you are dwelling in his presence day and night in the Holy of Holies. Dwelling there, Zion. Now, I want to quickly move into Zion, speak of moving to God's very presence, into the Holy of Holies, residing there, dwelling there. That is all over you now. Some people will say, this is too much. But I can assure you, this is beautiful. You will receive joy without explanation. You know, sometimes when we work, when we do three, seven weeks at a stretching school and everybody was so stressed and I still go to school and say, they say, why are you always happy? I can't explain myself. You just see that happiness. You'll be so stressed. You'll be so worked up, but you'll still be happy. That peace and happiness is not from you. It is provided by the presence of the Holy Spirit in you. When you dwell there, your family, they will just, see, the presence of the Lord is something you, see, it is the best place to be. David will tell you. You know, in those days, when the Holy Spirit can leave you and come back, now it dwells in you permanently. The family said, you can take everything. If you say, please, do not take your Holy Spirit away from me. Say, don't. You can take all the, take the kingship away. Take everything. But please, live with me, the Holy Spirit. And that is what we have now. The holy, the presence of the Holy Spirit. But it takes work. It takes work. Before David, everyone was dwell. When the Israelites got there, they relaxed. 
They said, now we are there. We know the promised land. But the Lord wanted them to get into Zion. It was David that now took that step. In Joshua 15, 16, he said, as for the Jebusite. You remember the Jebusite? That is where, that is where Zion is served, the capital. That's where it is. David now said, we, we need to take this place as a stronghold because we're moving in the heart of the covenant. He said, as for the Jebusite, the inhabitants of Jerusalem. So this Jebusite, they are not part of the children of Israel. But they just dwell with them there. So they mingle together. It's like mingle together the system of the way with the system of God. You're not hot and cold. So you just dear, you do this one time, you do the other. What do we call it then? We said we are salt, and we say we are uh, some people are salt, and some people are sand. So we now say we have sandy salt. Is that what <laughs> I think we coined our own that time when we did that thing? So but David said, No, the children of Judah could not drive them out. It takes force. To get into that place. It takes effort. That's what I'm saying. It takes effort. But the Jebusite dwell with the children of Judah at Jerusalem to this day. Now, let's move on. Next one. Now, it came to a time. David said on this day, we need to break this stronghold. We need to find a place where we can dwell continually in the presence of the Lord. So David said, whosoever among you can get up to the gutter and smile the Jebusite and the lame and the blind that they are that hated of saying, it shall be the chief and the captain. Then you know what happened. Somebody did it. Next. Somebody did it. Joab. Joab entered that city through the underground water shaft and defeated the Jebusites. So what am I bringing out there? It takes effort. And I've seen it all these years that those that produce are, are trying to read the, the, uh, study the lives of those that have made impact in this life. I mean in the kingdom. Not in the uh, the king side. I see their life. Now, by the virtue of the grace God given to us and with the push we are doing, I'm able to get connected with most of this geo. So, in the night, and I'm on their WhatsApp. They are also on my WhatsApp. So, I check there. In the night, I say, sometimes I wake up and you are praying. And I check it. Now, I'm telling you this in truth and in the Holy Spirit. You can't be saying it outside. See, Pastor Lukoya, from 12 to 6, he's online. I've never seen him offline. Ah, online. Never missed him. Send him a message that time. With so that you don't just switch your just put it there on his WhatsApp, he will reply you. Same thing, Pastor Kumuyi. Same thing, Pastor Wale. Okay, let's check this. You know, I intentionally do it because I want to see. It takes effort to stay there. That's the point I'm making. Well, thank God for the prayer and fasting coming up. Shout hallelujah. So, that is a place where we get to the canal and we relax. But God wants for us more. He wants us to do exploit. So, and it takes a bit of effort. And as round up this morning, it takes sacrifice. It takes sacrifice. Let me tell you something about the verse that we always read. 
Well, okay, before we go there, in 2 Samuel 24, 24, when David got to Dala eventually, and he saw the place, the prophet told him that this is the place that I want you to, to buy and, and just build and put the Ark of the Covenant. And the man, a Jebusite, that owns the land, he's not an unbeliever, a Jebusite, that owns the land. The man said, you know something, David? King David, we know of your mightiness. Everything you've done, take this land for free. Just hold it. You know what David said? He said, I will not sacrifice to the Lord, my God, a burnt offering that cost me nothing. Even though he can have it for free, but he made his decision, it must cost me something. I'm not talking about money. Don't start thinking, Pastor, talking about money. It could be your time. It could be your decision that every one hour, every day, I want to be praying. It's your decision. I want to wake up in the morning by 6 o'clock and go for walking. And I just, as I'm doing this, I want to pray for 30 minutes. And you see changes in your life. David said, he, so he couldn't as well do it and just take it for free. It will still work. But David, the reason why he's a man after God's eyes, said, it must cost me something. It's a different level of reasoning. So, now we now come to, it costs us to get to the presence of the Lord, to stay there. Otherwise, everybody will be there. Otherwise, everybody will be doing exploit in the Lord. But it takes a bit of sacrifice at that point. Amen. So much silence this morning. Are we getting it? Okay. Finally, as a roundup because of our time. All right. No, no, don't go to prayer. <laughs> now, the Bible says, we all like reading this, this passage. And I just, the Lord just opened my heart to it yesterday. He said, of Issachar, of the tribe of Issachar, we have men who had understanding of the times to know what Israel, the whole nation need to do. They are, they are gifted with understanding. And people just read out and they say, you know, we are the tribe of Issachar. We have understanding. Everybody just say, amen. But eventually they go out and they don't have understanding. But what did Issachar do to get to that point? Then I went back to Genesis 19, 14. He said, Issachar is a rainbow donkey. Donkey is a, is a beast of burden. It's a rainbow donkey laying down among the sheep pens. It will bend his shoulder to the body and submit First label. This is a place that first label. This is a place of prayer. This is a place of waiting upon the Lord. Issachar did that before they have understanding. You can't have understanding until you dwell in the presence of the Lord. May the Lord give us understanding in Jesus' name.